Today's episode is made possible by the generous support of Charon Law Offices. Located in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, Steve Charon and his team work with startup companies offering a full range of legal services. No matter what stage your startup is in, the team at Charon Law Offices can help you. From structuring to developing stock option plans to assisting with fundraising arrangements, Charon Law Offices can guide you through the process. For more information, email steve at charonlawoffices.com or call 412-880-5633. Visit their website at charonlawoffices.com for more information. Charon Law Offices, from startup to exit and everything in between. You can follow us on Twitter at BroadcastPGH and find us on Facebook at TheBroadcast underscore PGH and Instagram at TheBroadcast underscore PGH. Our website is broadcast-podcast.com where you can find all of our past episodes. If you want to support the show, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash broadcastpgh. If you'd like to sponsor or otherwise partner with the show, we'd love to talk to you. Drop us a line at broadcastpgh at gmail.com. Before we started recording, we were having this yeah, really great conversation. I know. I don't know if we're going to We should have just recorded all I know. of that. It was so good. <laughs> Damn it. But listen, we're trained professionals. That's right. I'm sure we can recreate <laughs> the conversation. No, I agree. I, I'm so excited for our guest today. She is the owner and CEO of Yoga Roots On Location. And I actually had the pleasure of meeting her for the first time just about a month or so ago. I was at an event for Steel Smiling, which is a mental health organization here in the community of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And Julius Boatwright introduced me to Felicia Savage Friedman, who was leading a yoga class. And I got to chat with her afterwards. And we talked about how her work doing yoga has helped to to couple itself with anti-racism work, which I had never really heard anyone doing that before. So, of course, yeah. I like immediately wanted to become her best friend sure. on the spot. <laughs> Probably gave her far too many hugs. <laughs> Without her even knowing who I was, I was like, "You're just amazing." It's a thing, Felicia. It's you know, I would like you to think that it's just you that she's, that she's like that with everybody. You can't stop her. She's a hugger. There's no no way around it. So, welcome to the show. Thank yeah, we are you. so happy to have you here, and I, I really was just totally inspired. I, I talked to about you to Kim literally within minutes of meeting you after, oh, after we like, have to have her on the show. Yeah. <laughs> because Thanks this, this show is about, you know, amplifying women's voices and this mm. is definitely a voice that needs to be amplified. This type yes. of work that you're doing. So thank you. thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you for having yeah. me, Natalie. I'm, I'm excited and you can't give, get too much, too many hugs. I agree. You know, researchers yeah, say right. at the end of my yoga class, we researchers have sa- shared in the ivory towers mm-hmm. that we as adults need eight hugs a day mm-hmm. and most adults Ooh. are running a deficit. Uh, oh so you're goodness. right on. Yeah, you're right on point. Well, let me tell you, when we did the workshop, we got to hug at the end. If you wanted to, it was right. completely voluntary. Yes. And I must have hugged like 15 people. I felt so high. <laughs> I was like, I was like on this hug high. It was so great because you don't realize how I isolated we really are from each other you know we're constantly on our phones the way that the media has been portraying what's going on in the world everything is so dark and negative that I think it's really hard for people to feel like they can connect especially in just a platonic way right so just to hug a bunch of 
strangers that did not become strangers after you hugged because then of course right. you started talking to everybody sure. it was it was really powerful mm-hmm. thank you yeah. thank you yes I do that every well I've been teaching yoga for 22 years now uh, so after every class I do ask for consent mm-hmm. you know so if sure. you remember if you're not a hugger mm-hmm. or if you have microorganisms that you're not trying to share with the rest of the family <laughs> you know we're not trying to share the communicable diseases sure. right yeah um, step out of the circle mm-hmm. and if you are giving your consent be ready to be gripped up in a group hug mm-hmm. it was yes. great so thank you yeah thank you so how did you get started in in yoga Ooh, 22 years that's awesome yes i've been time. teaching for 22 oh, okay. years so i've been practicing i've been i've been a student for 29 and i'm still a wow. student yeah yeah you're never not a student Absolutely. with yoga yeah. oh yeah. my gosh it's so much to learn yeah you you realize how much you don't know mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and that that chasm just keeps getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started practicing Raja Yoga 29 years ago. Um, and what's Raja Yoga? Raja Yoga is the eight limb path. Okay. So it involves eight paths to enlightenment, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so one of them is what we, it, one, um, two of them are more popular in um, Western yoga classes. Um, Hatha and pranayama. So Hatha being the yoga postures Mm -hmm. and pranayama being the breathing techniques. Mm -hmm. And then there's, what is it? Six other aspects. So meditation. Um, Some people have just a meditation practice and you don't have to do all of these. This is my path Mm -hmm. is to incorporate them all. Um, Sensory withdrawal. So not being led by your senses. That can be another path. Um, another path is a concentration practice. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you right now, being single-minded and focused about really being here and not being somewhere else in my mind. Mm-hmm. So really being present. Um, also a self-realization practice and as much as living in your purpose that your higher power has ordained for you to, to live in. Mm-hmm. And so doing that moment to moment. Um, so asana, Pranayama niyamas are behavioral restraints and yamas are behavioral observances. So, and those involve 10 other aspects of yoga, such as purity, Mm -hmm. contentment, um, self-study, self-discipline, you know, so combining all of these aspects of our life, really it's a holistic type of practice. There's no part of my life that is influenced um, by my Raja yoga practice. And as a matter of fact, when I started, my baby is 27, um, and I still call her a baby. Of course. Right. (laughs) They're always going to be your baby. And Cleveland was, what, two when I started practicing yoga. Um, So they've been with me, you know, throughout this whole practice and getting up at 4 o'clock and teaching that 5 a.m. class Mm. for free or $10 a class. And I'm really dying unto this work. Because I see that it is so valuable and that I'm able to impact other people's lives. And that really, I must say, gives me joy mm-hmm. to know that what I do really makes a difference um, in people's perspective, being somewhat shifted. Mm-hmm. So being more, um, more reflective, you know, so it's more mm-hmm. like a self-reflective practice. And the type of Raja Yoga I really practice is universal. So no matter what spiritual or religious tradition mm-hmm. you may have, mm-hmm. we can all come together in my class and practice. Um, even the meditation at the end is a universal meditation, which we just hold space for ourselves as well. And part of my social justice piece is holding space for each other mm. because we already know that 
even in a meditation setting, if one person moves, even when our eyes are closed, that ripple is felt throughout. Sure. So it really shows yeah. us as humans that we are connected, you know, which for me is just so humane. Yeah. So, you know? so when did you decide that you wanted to start informing your work in the way that you have been Ooh. with this, with, with anti-racism, anti-racism work? Ooh. And how did that, how did that come about in your mind? And did you think, oh, I definitely should do this? Or, oh, I wonder how this is going to be perceived? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I am the convener of the American Friends Service Committee, um, their program committee for here um, in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Um, Amanda K. Gross is the program director. And she and the former director really brought me into the American Friends Service Committee. It's a Quaker organization, Mm -hmm. a peace organization. Um, and I'm not real big on organizations, but this made sense to me. Mm. Um, and so I haven't been part of a group in over 20 years, I would say, you know, before Mm. that. Um, and I said, you know, yeah, I'll be a part of, it's called a listening project. So it brought elders and I was, I guess, an elder Mm -hmm. and young folks together. And we just really listened, just Mm. really held space, which was part of my practice. So it made sense. And I'm like, let me check this organization out. Um, Amanda ends up becoming the program director four years ago, mm-hmm. and she brings me on the board. And I was like, oh my goodness, I, I didn't really want to do the time commitment, mm-hmm. but I knew she really wanted to bring in an anti-racist framework. And this framework is from the People's Institute for Survival and Beyond on doing racism um, workshop and freedom schools. And it's out of New Orleans. And it was, it's, they've been doing anti-racist work all over the world and the country mm. um, for, I think it's over 40 years now. So I attended my first um, Undoing Racism training and Freedom School, um, what we call also here in Pittsburgh, Youth Undoing Institutionalized Racism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was four years ago, and it was I was done. And <laughs> I didn't know, I did not know it as a black woman is, you know, I'm 54. I've walked through, you know, I'm born here in America, Pittsburgh raised. Um, I say I grew up in Brooklyn because I moved to Brooklyn with my first husband mm-hmm. um, when I was 22. And in three years, Brooklyn made me grow up, unlike Pittsburgh I could bet, ever. I um, bet. But we had <laughs> Cleveland and decided to come back here and raise him here. Um, but in, I had written my curriculum for yoga teacher training mm-hmm. almost eight years ago. But there was something about it that wasn't finished. And I mm. can't tell you what it was until I went to the Peace, People's Institute training wow. for undoing racism. And I was like, that's it. Because as a black woman, mm-hmm. that's the secret. It gave me the terminology, mm-hmm. like institutionalized racial oppression. I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, um, internalized racial inferiority and superiority. I didn't know what that was. I didn't, and it put words to what I was feeling most of my life, especially in living in a predominantly white culture Mm -hmm. kind of city. Um, So when you say you didn't know what that was, you mean you didn't didn't necessarily know what those words 
were in terms of their their context or their definition but you had already been feeling exactly those things so then once you had that language it was oh like God. those pieces to that puzzle it was amazing right. it was like the you know a good matrix mm-hmm. you know yeah. coming together <laughs> so the light bulb like, went off oh it yeah. did and then I integrated them into my my curriculum because I you know as I said I had written the curriculum eight years ago mm-hmm. but I was like I'm not like not ready to go to yoga alliance and petition that it become you know a school and but with the people's institute I was done so I was like I'm on a mission (laughs) to have every yoga space because there we can be as yogis here in the west we've been very elitist um it's Mm. still quite really oh oh my goodness oh my you know like only skinny white women like Mm -hmm. what is this Mm -hmm. this is traditionally out of east india right and the men, and they were um, of the Brahmin class, so they were more yeah. like priests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was restricted to them. And, you know, so me being the, <laughs> um, the, black, the black woman that was very angry about how I, I've been treated, mm-hmm. my practice really helped me to be able to stay calm mm-hmm. and help me manage my stress um, when I'm aggressed. Um, as well as be able to share the tools, these tools with other people hmm. to help them to manage their stress. So what's the response been like from the community? Oh. Because when I took your, that, that class that you did at for Still Smiling, I felt so moved by, because I've been doing yoga for almost 10 years myself. Oh, and yes. I've never taken a class though like yours. And I found it to be, it was like a whole other level of just mm. mental and spiritual movement that I hadn't really experienced because I think still we're in the West. We're still very focused on just the body right. and how it tones your butt mm-hmm. and <laughs> oh makes your arms look good, yes. <laughs> which believe me, I'm all for that. Right. Yes. But I also go to yoga because it really helps me clear my head and yeah. it stopped me from thinking about being, you know, trying to be perfect and all of these things and thinking of myself right. as, Oh look, I'm strong. I'm standing on one leg or I'm, I'm balancing. This is so cool. I've never been able to do like really starting to think about my abilities in a different way. Right. So what kind of experiences have you found in your community that maybe were these breakthrough moments that people were thinking I couldn't have gotten there without this to, oh. to as a vehicle? Yeah, it's so I've been teaching in the community and I've taught Um, probably in the East End, everywhere Mm -hmm. there is to teach, you know, Mm -hmm. so community centers. Primarily, I have group classes at Kingsley Mm -hmm. Association Mm -hmm. and now at the Ace Hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've taught at the Allegheny County Jail, women who are incarcerated. I've taught at Schumann Center, the staff, as well as um, the youth who are incarcerated there. Um, All of the, like, Club One, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so what I realize is, I my niche is teaching to those folks who don't think that they're able to do yoga. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say that's a very wide range mm-hmm. of audiences that you're talking about there. So when right. you go into the Schumann Center, I have to believe that your approach, you, do you tweak your approach based um, on who the the clientele and, who the, and the audience? I mean, how do you how do you modify your approach or maybe how you come at the at the right. practice? And actually, and that's a wonderful question. Um, because I modify my approach with each class mm-hmm. because I'm really, I work hard. Mm-hmm. This is part of my presence practice is to really teach to the people who are standing in front of me right now. And so, for example, if I teach a class to you all now, mm-hmm. 
you're not going to be the same bodies tomorrow, right. depending on how you ate, what emotional stress you've gone through, how yeah, you slept, mm -hmm. you know, so really being present to see, okay, my plan was to do like a power class, mm -hmm. but folks aren't feeling it. Mm -hmm. They're tired. They're exhausted. So then I need to just switch class and I switch it, I think quite with finesse mm. and elegantly so that you don't know I'm switching it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't necessarily announce almost all my classes are except for at the ACE are gentle classes. Mm -hmm. And literally it can be from a power class. Well, I have a power yoga for the athletic and a gentleman only class um, in addition to the gentle. But I really adapt class to the bodies that are standing in front of me. If I notice, like I love to dance. I've been dancing since in utero. <laughs> so I incorporate dance. So it's really like a Felicia Fusion kind of class. And when I'm at, when I've done yoga at the jail or Schumann Center, same thing. Because they're just humans, right? That's right. You know, I have babies in utero up to my oldest yoga student is 92 that's awesome you know so and everyone in between so I really part of my practice as a teacher is to be present and to adapt class to who's in in front of me now now you also have your master's in elementary education yes, so yeah. how do you work all of that in and what made you want to get your master's in elementary ed oh I've been a teacher since I was a little girl mm -hmm. so if you can imagine me at seven I had like all the different <laughs> seats mm -hmm. on my bed all the different handwritings of the students I mean it was obsessive <laughs> it was over the top <laughs> my so parents cute. knew I was gonna teach right of right? course the past so, was there early for you. yeah so even like I, I write cursive and I do calligraphy so I all of the you know I had all of my students so I kind of knew when I was you know a teenager I was going to be a teacher mm -hmm. I didn't know in what aspect I was thinking, because my undergrad is math, geology, and biology. Mm -hmm. So I love the body. I love to study the body. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I even understood, like, living a more healthy diet mm -hmm. um, because I saw cadavers, you know, because right. um, mm -hmm. I was thinking about medical school. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then um, in having children, it was awesome because I was, like, committed to homeschooling them. So I was mm -hmm. at home mom for eight years. Wow. And then I went through a divorce, which wasn't the plan, right? Right. Um, and I was like, okay, if I'm not teaching mine, I'm teaching other folks. Yeah. So then that's when I went back to school and got my bachelor's and my master's in elementary wow. ed. And I've always been a teacher. Like, that's just part of, you know, mm -hmm. in the classroom. And even along with my yoga practice, as I was student teaching at um, – during the master's program, I integrated yoga into the classroom, you know, 15 years ago. That's awesome. You know, yeah. so it was always a part of the plan, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. to, to be an integrative yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so speaking of a teacher, right? So we, yes. we were given these colored pencils. No we'll one have to can get a picture them, of them for the Instagram. And maybe the oh, yeah, we have to because these are <laughs> yeah. so cool. These are multicultural colored pencils from Crayola. I've never seen these. I never have either. And these are all different. Uh, pencils that kids could use to pick one out that's close to yeah, their skin close. tone. So mm -hmm. if they're making, you know, a portrait of themselves, it can actually be accurate, you know, right. to, to how they see themselves. Yes. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about how you use some of oh. these tools in your work? Yeah, Because this was pretty cool. It's like show yeah. and tell here today. Yes, yes, <laughs> We've got, got all crayons, kinds of papers with handouts. us. I know. It's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really, um, and it's so cool because I, I was, as a teacher, so... 20 years ago, when we 
we had a color Crayola had yep, flesh. I remember it well. Remember oh, that? Yeah. I remember it very well because I remember being in the class being like, yeah, that's mine, but that's not everybody. <laughs> Thank you. you know? Thank you mm-hmm. for noticing. So, and I raised my hand. The teacher, uh, I didn't. <laughs> She didn't call on me. She didn't call on you. Why is this the only color? Yes. So when I was teaching, same thing. I'm like, you know, we're mixing Mm -hmm. paints and it's hard to mix Crayola crayons. Yeah, it's hard to blend them. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So when, and and it's funny, I can't tell you when I found them. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably it's about five years ago now. And I was just doing an Amazon search. No, no, um. Um, no shout out to them, but no, it's real. That's <laughs> yeah, real. Sure. Um, and I found multicultural crayons and I was like, oh my goodness. I want every parent mm-hmm. to have this as part of their repertoire in yeah. terms of artwork. Yeah. You know, and so how to do it. And then I applied to an artist in residency program mm-hmm. at the University of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Office of Child Development. Um, it's called the Pride Program, and Pride stands for Positive Racial Identity in Early Education. And I was excited because I wrote up this lesson plan that included using the mm-hmm. multicultural crayons and yoga. So it's wow. in body, mm-hmm. so it's very interdisciplinary, right? It's in body. The um, youth and families are doing some thought in terms of really like, well, which one is my skin tone? Mm-hmm. And as I t- share with the parents, there's no wrong. How a child identifies is on them, mm-hmm. you know? Because yeah. um, oftentimes they'll say, no, no, you match more closely to this. Mm. Like, no, let them, because really it's their perception, yeah. right, right? Right, right. And perception is personal. Mm-hmm. So I'm even a- able to have that con- level of conversation with parents. And my lesson got accepted as a pride artist. And um, last summer we... Showcase had pop-ups in several communities. So in Homewood, East Liberty at the Kingsley, um, the Hill District. Um, I think that was the three. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting one. Um, and um, the Children's Museum saw us at, they were working a collaborative um, with Pride. And Zaina Ruiz at the Children's Museum um, came over to my table. I remember when she came over because she was looking at all the artists and she seemed really excited. Because it's awesome. It's yes. so cool. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so we got yoga. We were in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, after I do, you know, with the lesson plan, I have them be in their bodies. Mm-hmm. And so what's, what holds our bodies together? And you can only imagine the kind of answers I get. The bones, <laughs> yeah. the um, ligaments and tendons mm-hmm. for those, you know, who have some anatomy and physiology background. <laughs> and then ultimately someone says skin. Right. It's like, yes, skin. So everyone look at your skin shade. Look at your, your skate, shade or tint or tone of skin. And so they look. And then I ask them to look around the room. So what do you notice when you compare your skin color to other people's? We're all different. And then that goes into my book, Mm -hmm. which is All the Colors We Are, the story of how we get our skin color by Katie Kissinger. And the pictures are by Chris Bonhoff. And it's also in Spanish, too. So I have several Spanish um, speaking um, yoga teachers that I'm training. So they're able to read the Spanish, which is awesome because it's really inclusive. And basically the story shows you all different pictures of children um, with all different shades Mm -hmm. of um, skin tone. 
And then it comes down to three ways that we get our skin tone. Mm -hmm. And um, we've already discussed that. So I I'll know. let you all, let, let, I'm going to quiz you to oh, see if right. you remember. God. So what are the three ways we get our skin skin color? We said genes. Mm -hmm. Right. Our ancestors, relatives. Right. Mm -hmm. Are the melanin in our skin right, tone? Melanin, right. Melanin. And what did you refer to that as? It, it, what is it's it again? It's the tiny grains mm -hmm. of pigment mm -hmm. that give us um, the shade of brown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then. And what's. Do you remember the third what one? What was the third one? You're going to put me on the spot. Oh, I, I, was can, I can restate two, it. Tell me. Go ahead. Oh, the, well, our environment, correct? Right. right. And yes. so what's in the environment? That, the sun. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because you know, right. that's Partial you got credit. it. <laughs> See? Bonus yes. points. Yes. Gold stars. <laughs> Thank you. Really important. <laughs> we were trying to be present when you were talking to us before <laughs> the show, too. <laughs> yes, you all did well. And that's what kids do. Mm -hmm. They really are thinking about it, you know. Um, so this is a wonderful way for parents to start the conversation about skin tone. So did, did this work when you started informing it with this anti-racism work? Was this originally to help you heal? Oh, absolutely. And can you talk this a little was, bit about your personal journey? Oh, this yeah. was so much. And I mean, even, well, yoga really mm -hmm. speaks to my mm -hmm. own personal healing because I met up with a black woman who's a yogi um, who prefers to be um, anonymous, mm -hmm. sure. um, who taught me yoga for six years intensively. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point in time, I was going through a pretty tumultuous relationship um, and getting ready to separate and go through a divorce with my first husband. Mm -hmm. um, and all that she taught me mm. in yoga helped me to deal with that separation and divorce, which mm -hmm. was pretty ugly, um, as well as being dismissed from her. Mm. So it was such a powerful time in my life. Every mm. teaching moment that she had with me, I was able to call it back up and it helped to sustain me mm -hmm. through the divorce. I mean, it was intense custody agreement mm -hmm. and arrangement and battle. So my good friend, Jermaine Gooden Patterson, mm -hmm. she works at the Easton Food Co-op. And we were um, working there together. And she said, Felicia, you have been able to go through this with like with joy, mm -hmm. you, you're going to have to share this, your yoga practice with other people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I would have been the least likely of the yoga students I feel to teach because everybody, you know, their form was like perfect and hmm. they caught on to concepts really quickly. I understand I'm a more intimate, deep phase mm -hmm. learner, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it just took me longer but mm -hmm. I, when I get it, I understand it. Yeah. And so I didn't realize through my pain and through my deliberate, slow way of learning that I was priming myself to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. You That's know, so I start teaching 22 years ago out of my apartment and word of mouth was just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, I was teaching at the YWCA downtown mm -hmm. and Saida Hafiz was the wellness coach there. Mm -hmm. um, she was a director of health and wellness. And anytime she got a request, she would send me to investigate it. Wow. So I got to teach all over, you know, um, the county, <laughs> really. Wow, it, was, it was pretty powerful. So yes, um, it was a, a major, and it's still a healing mm -hmm. for me is very progressive. Sure. You know, so my kids are grown, that part of my life in that way. Um, has somewhat come to a close, but there's still pain from that. And then 
with, you know, fast forwarding to the People's Institute on doing racism um, workshops and trainings, to be able to articulate my pain that I felt as a black woman being very isolated and marginalized mm -hmm. and oftentimes mistreated and left out, um, the undoing racism just gave, it was a light bulb. It was a lifesaver. Um, and it continues to be because I'm able to articulate what my pain is instead of being the angry black woman. Hmm. And you know what I mean? Yeah, like the stereotype of right, yeah, people expecting. Exactly. Yeah. You know, cause just because I'm emotional, I'm not usually violent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> yeah. Part of this practice is being peaceful, mm -hmm. you know, but I, you know, as I have to, to acknowledge that we must be humane mm -hmm. and being humane. We haven't been a culture to be humane, you know, Sad, um, right? yeah. we haven't. So to unlearn those violent ways of being that's like, so especially hard. when you invisible, you know, you make people invisible that you don't see them. That's major harm. And that's mm -hmm. one of our precepts in terms of yoga is not causing harm, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? And so it's not necessarily the violent, like hitting you, but when you don't see someone and you don't recognize their mm -hmm. humanity, that's major harm. And so that harm gets locked up into our bodies, which is trauma, mm -hmm. right? So that leads us into having that more trauma-informed understanding, like, what, what do we need to do to my body so that I can work this through? You know, I can't change that this happened to me, but I can decide how I'm going to respond. Yeah. You know, and that's what, you know, the embody and the meditation, my stillness meditation has just um, really fortified me. How can the work that you do, how can people come to you and say, I, you know, I'm, I'm in an activist space or I'm mm -hmm. in a teacher space mm -hmm. or I'm just somebody that's really internalizing this pain and it's, it's making me want to hide. I, I can't be that's useful really. to the world if I hide. So how can your work help, yes. help us Absolutely. in these and, spaces? And what I do, well, and that's why I created a school mm -hmm. so that yeah. I could certify others to teach and take actually it's a self-care yeah. community care boot camp mm -hmm. literally and it's parading as a yoga teacher training mm -hmm. um for real yeah. so my requirement for my yoga teacher training is that i need you to have an open heart and an open mind that's it mm -hmm. you don't have to have had any kind of practice before mm -hmm. um you don't even have to like yoga <laughs> right um because the way our Western mind sees yoga is it's very physical. Yeah, it's right. exercise. Right? Yeah, yeah. this is more of a, a, a self-reflective discipline. Mm -hmm. So like my seated meditation, our seated meditation is most important. Mm -hmm. You know, we lubricate the joints and the musculature also that we're able to sit and meditate and be still and receive whatever information that we need to receive from the cosmos or our higher power. That's our listening space because a lot of folks are confused. Right. Mm -hmm. And that in this practice has given me clarity. Mm -hmm. I'm really clear. And mm -hmm. there's some things that I'm, I'm still a wonderful student. Mm -hmm. I think what makes me a phenomenal teacher is I love being a student. So I learn daily, you know, from my interactions like, well, you could have done that differently or your response could, have, you know, mm -hmm. and I can go sure. back and say sorry. Right. Like yeah. restorative. Yeah, we don't do that a lot anymore. We it's don't. Like a bad no, thing so, to apologize to someone. Right. Like sincerely. Like yeah. not, exactly. you, know, yeah. you know, like not, not just the just for a, performance. I'm sorry. Yeah. But mm -hmm. the sincere, you know, I need to change my way yeah. on how I did that. Sorry. You know, so yeah. 
that's how I help people. I do workshops, conferences, I one-on-ones, um, the school, and so you my take classes. you take this practice around to yoga oh roots on location to wherever you oh, go to offices and community centers. Yes. So if people wanted to bring you into a group, what's is there a typical group or are they very different? I mean, Ooh, they're so your, different. Yeah. Yes. So you have more the corporate folk sure. and you have the grassroots organizers, mm-hmm. social justice folks, mm-hmm. you know, who are exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They um, are, yeah. You know, so the corporate folks are exhausted too. Yeah. Um, it's just different. Right. You know, right. Um, and they don't have as much room to express themselves during the day mm-hmm. when the grassroots organizers, we are able to, you know, chill down. But too, there's a lot of infighting. Taking an awful lot home with you too. Absolutely. The the and there's a lot of unhealthiness because even if those of us who are on the front line of doing the, the social justice work, yeah. whether it's anti-racism or reproductive justice mm-hmm. um, work, we're unhealthy because we're not taking care of ourselves. Right. So we're yeah. not eating well. Yeah. We're not holding each other accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I need to remind you to drink water, mm-hmm. you know, to exercise when you're sick, take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. revolutionary. Yeah, I know. Take a day off and you don't feel right. Good. Yeah. Yep. You Do you know. ever wish you could get the corporate people and the grassroots people kind of in the same room together and <gasps> yes. like you make know. them work it out together? Like, I feel like <laughs> right. they could learn so much from each other. They could. And oftentimes where I've seen that happen is at an undoing racism training, mm-hmm. which is like a regional um so you can get corporate folks in who are, you know, really want to learn yeah. to do something better because they know what they've done, they've been doing. Right. Um, and but they then, want metrics to measure it, don't they, though? They like do. They want to be able to say, we have done X, Y, and Z, they and do. therefore. Yep. And it's not that kind of party. It's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the professional development right. as it's been get seen. Get credits right. Because this is really real learning. Oh, yeah. And right. we as teachers know that it takes time. Yeah. And also, like the undoing racism training is not a one of. You can't go... Right. Right. And check it off. Right. Yeah. Right. Of your list. Oh, that's cured. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> All done. Absolutely. <laughs> the class. You know, right. No, not so so oh what God. I tell folks is you got to keep coming back. Right. Same thing with our mat. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind exactly. of idea. Right. You got to keep coming back to your mat. After Every 29 years of practicing, I still have to come back to my mm-hmm. mat just like a first timer. Mm-hmm. You right. know, and depending on what's going on in my body, like I'm a breast cancer champion. Mm. So nine years ago, that's what showed me that this practice is awesome wow it really sustains in terms of the breath being in your body knowing what's going on it's it's phenomenal breast cancer was a blessing to me because mm. it showed me that this practice works wow, wow. Yeah. Felicia you're just so inspiring and oh. we're, both we're so honored like, wow. we're like <laughs> superwoman oh. so enamored with you <laughs> if people want to um to contact you for services or want to get involved in what you're doing, yeah. what's the best way for people to reach you? Your website or was there, what's the best yeah, avenue they can, for people they to get can, in touch with you? Uh-huh. My website, yogarootsonlocation.com. Okay. Um, my email is smileandlaughoften at gmail.com. Of course it is. That. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> I know. I love yep. it. Yep. Um, and, or my phone number. They can text me. Don't call me. I'm not bad. On, I'm more like a millennial. On the phone. <laughs> 412-512-7779. Um, but yeah, or if there's something too, I would like to say to the listening audience, sure. if mm-hmm. there's something that they disagree with or something, call me, mm-hmm. you know, email me, let's have a healthy way to be in relationship. Yeah. If you disagree, let's talk about it. Well, Felicia, thank you so much oh, for coming and talking yes. about your practice with us today. I mean, thank we were you. both literally leaning on our hands, just staring at her like <laughs> no, moony really. eyed, like just so thank wonderful. Thanks for Thanks spending so some time much. with us. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, this was amazing. Thank I'm you. I'm honored. 
<laughs> yes, thanks for listening and being so engaged. That really makes a difference. Thank so. you. The Broadcast Podcast is proud to be a member of the Sorgatron Media family. 